Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 112 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Michael. And I'm Anthony, and we're going to get crunk and drink beer. Can we not use the word (laughs) crunk, like, ever again? What is this, 1998? Yes, it is. Dude, so I'm flipping through Facebook today, and uh, somebody posted a video of DC Talk performing New Thing in, like, 1992 at the GMA or Dove Awards, one of the two. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I was 10 when that happened. <laughs> you want to feel really old? Yeah, you were like two. I was two when that happened. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, do you remember when that happened the first time? Uh, not really, because uh, my dad wouldn't let me listen to DC Talk. Oh, sad day. They were terrible. And so, I yeah. mean, they're still kind of terrible. Yeah, I mean, they are. But when you're a kid, you're like, no one listen to DC Talk. And... You know. How do you how do you say that? No, and listen to DC Talk. <laughs> oh, I had a real high voice when I was a kid. I mean, leave me alone. So. If you like DC Talk, it's nothing against you. Um, which, oh, DC I, Talk was the jam, man. I, they are I cheesy. They, bro. When when you are like Christian kid, DC Talk was where it was at, man. DC Talk like, is your Pearl Jam. Oh yeah. Okay, that's right. I mean, they had songs. Uh, what was their, I can't even remember the song that came out that my dad was like, you're not listening to that crap. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then I went to Walmart and snuck and bought it. I hid my DC Talk CD. <laughs> I just imagine like you driving, like you're 16, 17 and your dad's riding in your car and you're listening to, you know, DC Talk and, you're, and he just pops the CD out and throws it out the window. No, he didn't do that because my dad was the my dad was also the guy that said when you pay for the car you can listen to whatever you want to. Oh, that's and right. so when he got in my car for the first time he tried to change the registration. I was like, when you pay for the car you can listen to whatever you want to. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh man. So how you doing, man? What's going on, dude? I'm okay. I uh, was just telling Anthony about it. I had uh, COVID last week, which was COVID so much two. fun. Yeah. Round two of the COVID um, really felt like just a head cold. Do you remember when we could just have those and live our lives? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't so, do that anymore. No, you can't. <laughs> if you've got the sniffles, they're like, hey, you need to go home and not come back for a week. So yeah. Uh, so I worked from home for the last week or so. Today was my first day back in the office. And uh, yeah, just still getting over that. And we're doing good. Uh we're about halfway through with our pregnancy, so I say our pregnancy. My wife is halfway through with the pregnancy. <laughs> She's doing all the work, and you're just the moral support, right? I am the moral support. <laughs> right now, um, she is in – so I'm really uh, driving the nesting phase here at the house, but mm-hmm. she just got her own office for her job, and so she's been like on Facebook Marketplace and Amazon and Target for like pretty much the last week straight looking for <laughs> – stuff to add to her office so <laughs> nice um we've been working on that but everything's everything is going good we just uh f- earlier this week we had a big snowstorm which was real fun snowpocalypse yeah which like to people in anywhere but georgia pretty much like four or five inches you're like oh that's not that big a deal but to here it was like a huge deal for us so yeah um south alabama be- if y'all got any snow y'all would be like Dude, we shut down. Oh, I'm if sure you do. Okay, so real story here. Um, our schools are closed tomorrow, so we're recording this on the 20th of January. We got a cold front coming through tonight. Temperatures are going to be down in the 20s, and it rained today. So the ground is wet. It's going to freeze. 
Therefore, we're going to close the schools. That's amazing. <laughs> isn't the Welcome air to South Alabama? Isn't the air saltier there though? Like you um, would think it would help with the road freezing. If because no, salt, it's actually worse. Is it worse? I don't. Yeah, you get I don't, black I don't know, ice. I don't know how you get black works. ice down I know, here. I know bad. black. I know about black ice. I'm just anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's what's going on in our world, Anthony. What's going on with you? Um, other than freezing to death, because it's going to be in the 20s tonight, so I, I'm hoping that we're going to survive. Um, you know, down here in Alabama, we don't have air conditioning and heat and stuff like that. Wait, yeah, we do. You know, was, I went to California one time, and they actually asked me, they're like, dude, do y'all have electricity in Alabama? I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> how, how, did you, how did I get the invite to come out here? <laughs> So uh, no man, we've been uh, we've been good. We've been busy. We took a, a trip. I had a work trip last week, um, so I had to suffer for a few days down in Disney World. It was a lot of fun. I almost posted something one night on the Beers and Bible Instagram, and I was like, "No, nah, I did that last time. I'm not going to do it this time." You can't do it every so. single time you go to Disney. <laughs> which you, I think you might go to Disney more than just about anyone I know. That's probably true. We we go a, a good bit. You go more than, more than the average guy. <laughs> more than the average adult should. <laughs> ah, we love it though. It's fun. Our kids enjoy it, and they got to have some fun. Well, one of mine, one of them couldn't go because it was a work trip, but one of them did, um, because she was invited by a friend. So that's nice. Lucky her. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a good time. It's I feel like this first two or three weeks of the year is just like, where did it go? It's been so busy. Oh yeah. But uh, somebody said on the way out the door today at work, somebody said, you know, next week's the end is the last full week of January. And I was like, mm-hmm. why would you put it that way? Why would you word it <laughs> in such a way that makes it feel like like but it really is like a 12th of the year will be gone. Yes. Basically, by by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. Christmas will be here before you know it. Yep. You're welcome. Happy New Year. Christmas will be here before you know it. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's get to drinking. Anthony, what are you drinking tonight? What are you going to review? So I've got um, another one from my buddy Marcus. He hooked me up. This is the Army of Tartness Black Sour Ale with Tart Cherry. Um, The only description I could find on this, this is from Remedy Brewing in Sioux Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, So I'm sure it's colder there than it is here. But um, the only description I could find is this is a Burliner Weiss beer, and that was it. That's all I could find. So um, it's not on the Remedy website. It's not listed as in as their beer. So either it's old or too new to be there. Um, but it's a black sour ale with tart cherry. So I'm kind of excited to hmm. see what it tastes like. Nice. What you got going on for tonight? So tonight um, I've got the first beer from the. Um beer subscription thing my wife got me for christmas um it's called yep. beer drop in case you're curious and they don't Plug. ship they don't ship to <laughs> alabama so lame beer drop execs if you're listening to this we need to get on that that probably has more to do with the state of alabama than beer drop, it but definitely has something to do with the state anyway, of alabama <laughs> so tonight i am reviewing from the storm peak brewing company based in steamboat springs colorado the hoochie mama guava kettle sour oh now um <laughs> This thing is a 5.6% ABV. Uh, the can doesn't list any IBUs. I don't think I saw any IBUs anywhere either, um, unless it was on. You couldn't even get on the website. The, the website, like I couldn't get on the website. Like every time it was like, every time I tried to get onto it, it kept popping up like this isn't a safe website. And when I tried to bypass that, it was like, nope, we're not, st- we're still not letting you in. <laughs> so um, this is a blonde ale kettle soured with Greek yogurt and fermented with 850 pounds of guava puree for a tart, refreshing beer. Um, and 100% Colorado grown and malted grains. So that sounds tasty. Yeah. Dude, they want to see our face. And they're inviting us to their tap room. Okay. On the can, anyway. So I guess we got to go to Colorado if, you know, the pandemic ever ends or whatever. I'm down. So um, I'm ready to crack my beer open and let's uh, do it. Get to drinking. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. So I'm wondering how. Ooh. That's surprising. 
Uh, I'm wondering how close this is going to taste to the Goat Island Blood Orange Berliner Weiss that I, that we've had. That was probably oh man, that was probably 20 episodes ago or more. Goat Island, I remember that name. Goat. Yeah, it was back uh, episode 96. Okay, oh, wait, so sorry, was like sorry. Hang 15. on. Hang on. You've you've reviewed it's, two Goat Islands. You, yeah. The Blood Orange was episode seventy. I'm sorry. There. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it was way back. That's almost. It's almost oh. been a full year since you did that. I know, right? Yeah. The Blood Orange. So I'm, I was wondering how much gonna look at this dude. It looks like a stout. It's so dark. Mine is very pale. Yours is pale. It smells like a a fruity sour. Yeah. But it looks like a stout. This is gonna be. I, I guess maybe it's the black cherries because it is a black cherry. Ooh. Dude, I bet that's good. Black sour ale with tart cherry. So I mean, I guess it's oh, the right. Man, mine smells like a. Mine just smells like a typical sour situation. I know it said it's a uh, a wheat. Mm-hmm. No, it's a blonde ale. I'm sorry, I can't read. I've had a lot of trouble reading today. <laughs> My wife sent it's, me something, and I was like, COVID. I was like okay question mark and she's like no try again i looked at it closer i was like oh i'm an idiot sorry <laughs> so this is a, mine's, a mine's a blonde ale um it smells it's very fruity um very tart smelling so i'm excited about that because i like the tarts and the sours and such yes you do well there's only one way to find out how they taste and that's to turn them up let's do it let's go So you like yours. Mm-hmm. I like mine. I'm going I'm to go back and see what I gave the Burliner, the Blood Orange. 70. I gave it four Luthers. I'll go ahead and go. Do yours. Is it five? Um, it's not quite a five, but it's very okay. good. Um, the <laughs> flavor is good. Um, just enough fruit. Really good tart flavor, but it's surprisingly mm-hmm. smooth and easy to easy to drink. Um, feels pretty light, which you would expect with a 5.5, 5.6 ABV, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, flavors, I mean, really the flavor is very, very good. Um, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a ton of experience with guava. Um now I'm sure we had guava is a sweet flavor. It it is, uh, and this is. I mean, the fruit flavor is very, very uh, up up there, mm-hmm. up in your face. Um, but the tartness cuts through that uh, in a really nice way. I think the tartness is actually a good complement to the, the nice. sweetness going on. Um, but I am. I think I'm going to break the streak tonight. I'm going to give this four and a half Luthers. Four and a half. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna come in at four and a half Luthers um, out of five. There, it's just, and, and again, this may just be because of the timing of like maybe a year ago I would have given this five <laughs> Luthers. Yeah, you know, but um, this is gonna get four and a half out of. I mean, out of five, that's a great rating. Yeah, um, it is. And um, I mean, the flavor's great. The texture is really good. The tartness is about perfect. Um, I don't really know what would put it over the top to a five. I can't. I don't have any like ideas as to what would make it a five, but four and a half is still yeah still a good place to land for Storm Just, Peaks opening uh, soiree into the into beers and Bible into these two bozos talking about beer. Say <laughs> so into these two idiots. <laughs> so what about yours? How's the remedy? So the remedy, the army of tartness. Um, admittedly, I'm not a huge tart fan um some of them have grown on me the bur- and the reason i went back to the burliner the blood orange was because this one i felt like this one was going to remind me of that and it does um where it differs though is this one's a little bit more tart and it's kind of got a a stinging tart to it okay um almost like i almost feel like the um from a couple of weeks ago the cider patch punch Okay. I feel like this is a is a little more like Sour Patch Kitty than that one was. It's just it's got that initial like sting on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
for that, it, it I mean, it definitely gets points because that's what it is. It's a sour, mm-hmm. um, and so I would I would expect it to do that. But the flavor for me is just not there. It's not. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm cherries are are weird for me. I don't know if there's a difference between black cherries and regular cherries. I I just always thought cherries were cherries. You know, obviously I know maraschino cherries are different, but but like. I don't know. Uh, cherries to me always kind of have, they might be a little bit bitter, but they always have that just kind of ending sweetness. And so that's what I was kind of expecting. And I thought it was going to be a little bit more like the blood orange because of that, but it's not. And so it is like, it's, it's uh refreshing, which is good. Um, but the, the flavor is just not where I think it, it should be. I think there should be a little bit more sweetness in that with the cherry. I mean, I understand you're going for the tart and, and all that, but I, th- I feel like there should be a little bit more sweetness. So I'm going to give this three and a half Luthers uh, is what I'm going to give it out of five um, on the Army of Tartness by Remedy Brewing. So there you go. Well, there you have it. The streak is broken. I finally <laughs> rated something higher than you did. <laughs> I have been I have been consistently higher than you for a while. Yeah, we talked. It was uh, a couple of weeks, like, yeah, or a couple like of nine. months, eight or nine episodes. So yeah, um, but there you go. Remedy Brewing and the Army of Tartness getting three and a half Luthers from Anthony, and the Hoochie Mama from Storm Peak. That's just a fun. <laughs> that is a fun one to say. Here to say Hoochie Mama. <laughs> so the Hoochie Mama uh, from Storm Peak Brewing company getting four and a half luthers from me tonight and there's our beer review for the week and now we're after this break we're going to uh, continue our discussion in philippians so stick around and we'll be right back Welcome back. We are going to keep going in Philippians. Tonight we're going to be talking about verses 18 through 24, no, 18 through 26 of chapter 1. We're almost done with chapter 1. So it's only been like a month and we're we Good will, news is we only have four chapters. Yeah, we will almost finish chapter 1 tonight. So we're going to get there. It's going to it's actually going to start speeding up a little bit. Once we get to I feel chapter like three and four, I feel so. like we've said that with every study we've done, and then it never does. And then it never does up. because we get stuck on like two or three verses. And then so, like, oh, we have to fly through the rest of this now. So we're basically like Baptist preachers, where we say we're going to end early, but we don't actually do that. So there you go. We're we're the we're the preacher with a thirty minute intro, and then a fifty minute sermon, and then a fifty minute sermon. <laughs> Because the intro and the sermon don't count. That's as right. Part as against your time. So that's right. We're kidding, mostly. Okay, partly. So we're gonna dive in. We're gonna pick up where we left off last week. Uh, I'm gonna read the very last part of chapter or verse 18 and read down through 26. So if you have your Bible, grab it and read along with me. I will be reading from the ESV. It says, "Yes, and I will rejoice." For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it, was my, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, this means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all, for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So Paul is is turning this now and, and he's kind of looking towards 
the future. In in the past, or in the last verses, verses 12 through 18, he kind of looked at where he'd come from, what got him in jail. Mm-hmm. Didn't really say a whole lot about it, but he, you know, he kind of assumed that the Philippian church knew what got him there. Yeah. And then uh, verses 14 through 18 specifically, he kind of talks about the current situation they're in. The gospel's still going forward. This is kind of what's happening. You know, he talked about the people preaching out of uh, love and then the people preaching out of envy and kind of strife, but it didn't matter because they were all preaching Christ, and so just let them go. Yeah. And then tonight, we're going to turn through, we're really going to kind of focus on 19 through 26. You got that one little, like, yet I will rejoice thing there at the end of verse 18, but we're going to look to the future. We're going to look at what's coming down the road, and and we're going to see, you know, Paul anticipates being able to go visit them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's it's going to work out for his deliverance. We're going to talk about what that means, but it all kind of hinges on that ending of verse 18 where he says, yes, and I will rejoice. And in, in the Greek, that uses uh, the future tense. And so he is, he's turning this to say, Here's what's coming. Here, here's what's coming. That you know, you when you're learning to conjugate words in English class, you you know, you got the past tense, present, and the future. I will do this. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I am going or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but what he really does is is we're going to break this down into two sections tonight. Um, verses 19 through 21 talk about the ambition of the Christian, the Christian ambition. Okay, where we should be going. And then verses uh, 22 through 26 are going to focus on the struggle. And and that's really going to be born out of the Christian ambition. Because if if our ambition is, as Paul says, to live as Christ and to die as gain, then the struggle is between those two. Yeah. And so if, if that's our ambition, the struggle is between those two. So we're going to walk through that. But let's... Let's dive right into verse 19, and let's pick it up with Paul. Where, where's Paul? What's he at? What's he doing? So, I mean, like we've talked about, Paul's in jail. He's writing this mm-hmm. from prison. Um, and this decision of his to rejoice whether he lives or dies isn't completely irrational. Um, his, his joy is based on the knowledge that he has, which is mm-hmm. the knowledge of his deliverance. And, we, and he doesn't know at yeah. the time if that is – deliverance from jail or mm-hmm. if, he, if that means deliverance from like a physical deliverance from jail or like an eternal deliverance where he will go to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could also be referring to his deliverance from his uh, life before Jesus. Like now yeah. he has this joy in Jesus mm-hmm. um, and in this salvation could also be his, uh, his deliverance, and that's the ultimate deliverance that we as believers get to experience. Yeah. Um, since you're so good at Greek, I'm gonna let you read the next <laughs> word because I can't even read that. So the the Greek word that he uses for salvation, and this is this is kind of where you you can have multiple layers in a biblical text. They're they're all it's going to have one meaning. It's going to have one interpretation, but there could be multiple layers to it. And so, um, a lot of commentators that that I thumbed through and kind of read through to to get a perspective on this would say that this word and the word is soterian, um, and they use this. The word soterian is the word that we use that we get for soteriology, and if you're have done any theological study, you've probably heard the word soteriology, and the, the, that word is basically the study of salvation, the study of the doctrine of salvation. So soterian is the Greek word for deliverance or salvation? For deliverance. Okay. It, it, I mean, it could be salvation, too. It's, okay. It's, could be either. It's an either-or kind of thing. And so that's the the question here is what does Paul mean by the word deliverance? Does he mean I'm going to be delivered from jail? Does he mean I'm going to be delivered, uh, you know, back to the the Philippian church? What there? What does Paul mean by deliverance? And and it's some aspect of it. Yes, he will get out of jail, and that is a type of deliverance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I think the ultimate and and I. I think this because of the context of chapter one. Paul is so laser focused on the gospel and what the gospel brings. Well, what does the gospel bring? The gospel brings salvation. Yeah. 
And so I think this is this is another way of Paul saying, look, and, and this is where we get down in, into 22 and 26. Look, it doesn't matter if I live or if I die. It doesn't matter this this worldly struggle that we have. The ultimate goal is salvation. And so I want to do everything in my power to point back to salvation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and so that leads Paul to have this confidence. Mm-hmm. And you see it in verses 19 and 20. And and um, this was interesting. I didn't realize this until, until I read this. But this, this phrase that he uses um, in verse 19 where he says, this will turn out for my deliverance. Um, this is the same phrase that Job uses when he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Hmm. And so it is a confident, you know, even it doesn't matter what happens to me. I know that I can trust in God. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're probably going to hit on this multiple times tonight, but remember our study in Lamentations. It's a study that says, even when you're broken, when you are angry, when you have nothing to, to offer but complaint, you can still trust in God. And that's exactly what Paul is showing us right here in this text, is that he's in jail, he might die, he might not die, there, there's really no telling. Um, but even if he dies, that's great, he's going to be with Christ. Even if he lives, that's great, he's going to proclaim Christ. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you see that right here, and you can see that parallel from Job when they, they use uh, the same, basically the same saying. It's, it's translated a little bit differently from, from Hebrew to Greek, but it's basically the same saying. Yeah, and I mean, and Paul even says something similar in Romans as to mm-hmm. what Job has said, you know. Yeah. Um, Romans 14, Paul wrote, uh, For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul is basically saying the same thing Job said. Yeah. You know, I will, you know I'm going to continue to trust God regardless of if we live or if we die because mm-hmm. God is worth it. Following, following God, following Christ is worth whatever circumstance, whatever, whatever the end is. Yeah. It's ultimately worth it. Yes. And the, the way that he does this, the way that he comes to this confidence conclusion, you know, did I say that right? The confident conclusion is through the prayers of the people and mm-hmm. the provision of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And Paul really, I mean, he ties these two things together almost like you, you can't separate them. It's like these two things have to go together. Um, and And you can see that our prayers by themselves have no power mm-hmm. unless they're enabled by them. And that's why, they're, that's why these two things have to be tied together, because our prayers alone are basically futile. They're, they're, they're nothing. It's, it's, we have nothing good to offer, and so unless our prayers are Holy Spirit-empowered, mm-hmm. then, then we're not going to see any kind of change or any kind of work. Yeah. I mean, if we, are, if we as a people aren't in step with the Holy Spirit, then our prayers, however good intention they may be, will ultimately not lead to any kind of change or any kind of result. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, you've got, it's like you got two people, two entities looking at the same situation with different perspectives. Yeah. You know, and if we're if we're praying for something, but we haven't been spending time with the Spirit, or the Spirit's not like filling us up to—I don't know how to word it—but it's like <laughs> I don't know. If if we don't invoke the power of the Spirit in our prayers, then we're we're basically we're basically asking God to be a genie in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Give me what I want. Yeah. Is is the root of your prayer at that point? Yeah, I think something to remember when we are praying, and this is a good reminder for myself. Um, and I don't know who needs to hear this, but you know, you can pray for something that's inherently good or mm-hmm. not inherently bad, mm-hmm. but if it's not part of God's plan for you, then God's not going to let it come to pass. 
and maybe a good practice in our prayers would be to include something. Um, I don't remember who said it because I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't like I can't keep straight who all says what in the Bible, but <laughs> maybe it was Jesus. I don't know, but it but it's basically like not my will or not what I want, God, but mm-hmm. whatever you want for me in this certain situation. Yeah. I like I trust you with that. And and even saying that in your prayer, even if it's half heart like even if it's a half hearted like I trust you, I really hope that's not what you have for me. I really hope that mm-hmm. what I just prayed for will come to pass. But even if it's not, like I will learn to be okay with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's Jesus in the garden before he's crucified. Yeah, it, 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 came, it came to me as I was saying it out loud. I was like, that was Jesus for sure. Yeah, it's Jesus in the garden before he's crucified. And, and I mean, he says, if it's possible for this cup to pass, mm-hmm. let it pass. But if not, you know, not my will but yours be done. And that, That's an interesting – I know this isn't related to Philippians, but that's an interesting thing to because, like – doesn't Jesus know he has to do this? Mm-hmm. So why would he pray if it's possible for this cup to pass from me? Well, I mean, you have to remember that Jesus is is the dual-natured man. He's 100% human and 100% God. Yeah. So in his deity, yes, he knows this has to be done because he's God and he knows everything. But in his humanity, then it's it's different. And... and we we have to recognize that Jesus struggled in every way that we struggle mm. and and was tempted in every way that we're tempted. And so, you know, the temptation at that point is to say, you know what? Ah, I'm good. I'm just going to I'm just going to zoom on past this and I'm going to I'm going to if this were Super Mario Brothers, I'm going to jump in the little warp portal and skip to world 8 so I don't have to do all these other in-between worlds. Um but he, but he doesn't. He says, no, this is the path. This is what God the Father has laid out that we, in the Council of the Trinity, laid out from the foundations of the world. Mm-hmm. This is the way it is. But you still see that struggle. You still see... It, the, and, and, and honestly, I mean, I think it's a beautiful picture of how we can complain to God. Yeah. How we can say, God, this I do not want to do this. But but if you if you lead me down this path and I know you're calling me to do this, I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna do it with joy and I'm gonna do it with with grace and I'm gonna glorify Christ however I can in this situation. It's an example. I mean, it's a, it's an example yeah. for us. Yeah, is what it is. And I think what it does is it teaches us. That that we're going to have hard times. We're we're going to have times where we're going to struggle, and we have to look past the struggle. We have to look past it and say that our final destination is found in the supremacy of Christ. Our final mm-hmm. destination is found in the sufficiency of Christ. Mm. Yeah, and and when we can do that, we can pray prayers like what Jesus prayed, and we can pray like what Paul is praying right here and like he did in uh like he told the Romans in Romans 14. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have that perspective when you understand that your current situation is not the end. Mm. And, you know, your current situation is not dictated by what government entity has power or who's in the White House or that America is falling apart or that the world is you know, exploding. It, it none of that affects your contentment and your joy in Christ and who He is, and your confidence in your ultimate deliverance. Yeah, mm. does that make sense? Yeah. And so well, let's keep rolling in this context. So, so we've got that, and inside of all of this context, Paul is is speaking of salvation in a perfect tense, and this and this is exactly how. We can we can roll through this mm-hmm. is when when it's in the perfect tense you have this already and not yet it yeah. is but it's not finished you know and so you have this this struggle and this tension between these two of the already and the not yet mm-hmm. and when we when we can realize that we can understand that the the process of salvation 
the process by which we are saved is a multi-step process. Okay. Mm. So even if we currently possess salvation, we are saved. Mm-hmm. We have been justified. We are continually growing, so we're being sanctified. And that growth comes in the grace and mercy of of Jesus, and then one day we will eventually see him face to face, and our salvation will be actualized at our glorification. Yeah. And so that process should be what gives us confidence. Yeah. And, and that confidence in the fulfillment of Jesus's work in salvation is what mm-hmm. causes Paul to say to live as Christ and to die as gain. Yeah. Um, one, one of the commentaries that we're using, um, the quote you pulled, I think is, is so, is so good here, but it says, um, do you see the power of this perspective? If you kill me, I'll be with Christ. If you let me live, I'll live for Christ. If you make me suffer, I'll experience joy and get rewarded by Christ. This is the unstoppable mentality of the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really shows like the juxtaposition of who Paul was before Christ and who he is now. Mm -hmm. Like he's taking that same passion and the same zeal that he had for persecuting and murdering Christians Mm -hmm. to be an on-fire gospel-preaching soul, like, he's trying to tell everybody he possibly can about Jesus Mm -hmm. with the same passion and the same fire that he had before he met Jesus. Yeah. That he was using for evil. Yeah. And... and (laughs) And I think it I think it speaks a lot to how God had wired Paul. Like Paul was always wired to seek out people mm-hmm. with this fiery passion. It's just the the uh, the reasoning behind it wasn't always how God had intended Paul to be. Yeah, does that make sense? Well, I mean, it's uh, maybe. Maybe he intended him to be that way before Christ, because what a great testimony that the power of God can take somebody who murders Christians and redeem them. Yeah. I mean, the guy guy wrote most of the New Testament, (laughs) so... Yeah. Where that challenge is, is is maybe God can take... I'm I'm, going to use a dirty word here. Maybe God can take those Democrats that Christians love to just, you know... Get out of here with your heresy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe, I mean, maybe God can take that person that you disagree with. Well, and, and that's the thing. Well, or it's not even a disagreement. Like, they're let's forget about people who who aren't Christians for a second. Like, believer, there is somebody you know in your church that voted differently than you, mm-hmm. or looks at this big hot hot button issue. Differently than you do. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not okay to badger or bludgeon that person just because they think differently than you. Like, we're, we should be allowed to have civil conversations, if with anybody, with our own brothers and sisters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if they're not a believer, if they don't believe like you, that still doesn't give you the right to just beat them up because they think differently than you. Like we shouldn't be surprised when lost people act lost. Yeah. All the more reason we need to show them love. Yeah. If they're, if they're not a believer, you know, that's that, that's the one thing I've always heard about the, when you talk about Matthew 18 and the discipline church discipline, you know, they're like, Oh, we got to treat them like they're an unbeliever. Okay. Well, let's talk about how we treat unbelievers. Okay. You share the gospel with them. You love them. You bring them into your house. You, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how you treat an unbeliever. So you want to do that? Let's do that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's it's a perspective that says, I am going to treasure Christ mm-hmm. above all things. Yeah. And if I treasure Christ above all things, that is going to necessarily infiltrate every part of my life. Yep. And if it doesn't, and this is a hard lesson for myself. If it doesn't, then you are not treasuring Christ above all things. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and there's, I mean, 
how many believers every single week will say with their mouths, I treasure Christ above all things, but how they live their life or mm-hmm. how they spend their money or how they spend their time. Yeah, it's like, I mean, gut check for me. Yeah. Like I'm being a hundred percent off. Like it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's, it is. But the life of a believer is not meant to be easy. No. If it narrow, was narrow is the narrow is the path. <laughs> so, so now we move into the Christian struggle um, in verses twenty-two through twenty-six, um, and, and we see that the knowledge of future glorification, like knowing that at one point our sanctification process will be complete when we are glorified and with Jesus, um, it creates this tension in us, right, as believers, um, and, and we see that, and we see this in the way in what Paul writes here. Um, there's part of us that should long to leave this earth and be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it's preached more often than I want to admit, but like just like being filled with Jesus and, and knowing Jesus doesn't mean you go out and run around in the highway. Yeah. Because you want to be with Jesus. Like, but part of us should like, I should want to go do that because that means I'll be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then there's another part of me that should long to stay on this earth and bring others to Jesus, like mm-hmm. to, to, to preach Jesus, to share the gospel with as many people as I can and trust Jesus with the results of that. Um, and this is really the struggle that Paul is is showing here in, the, in these last four or five verses of um, that we're looking at tonight. Um, on the one hand, if Paul remains on the earth, that means fruitful labor. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, that means he's not with Jesus. Yeah. So like which is better? And I, I don't know. Like, like it is. It should be a struggle. Yeah. I mean, yes, I want to be with Christ. Yes, I want to go to heaven. But there are things that I need to do here on earth, and there's a reason that God has me on this earth. And mm-hmm. and if if you are still breathing, then you better believe confidently. That God has something for you to do, mm-hmm. you know, and so we can live on this earth and we can be fruitful, and then when we do pass on, we're gaining Christ, and mm-hmm. and when we gain Christ, this is just another way of expressing our the sanctification process, growing in grace, all of that, finishing. It's it's done, you know. That's yeah. what gaining Christ is 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 the the ending. It's the glorification process. Yeah. Yeah. And so departing the earth might be better for Paul, but remaining on the earth is necessary for the church. And yeah. Paul recognizes that. Yeah. And he says it in verse in verse 23. I'm going to read verse 23 one more time because it's the way he says it is really, really good. Um, he says, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. And then going into verse 24. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Mm. And then verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all is for your that, progress and joy in the faith. Is that that future perfect tense again? It's like, I know I will? This is a similar... It's it's a very similar... I, okay. I'm, Trying to remember, I did a little bit of it on that one, but I didn't focus on it real hard. It's it's definitely a future future tense yeah. right there, and so he's saying again. We we talked about we're looking forward to what's going, what's yeah. coming yeah, yeah. down the line, and Paul's saying, "Hey, I want to go be with Christ, but I know that that my future is with you guys, and we're going to build the kingdom of God. We're going to preach Christ. We're going to mm-hmm. exclaim Christ to the to the world." And and that's the most necessary thing right now. Yeah. And, and remember back to our study in Lamentations, like we feel the pain of losing our loved ones here yeah. on this earth, mm-hmm. and we long to be with them again. Um, but the pains of loss that we have should be replaced by this like greater joy of celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is where like back to the process of lament, like, are complaining to God about not having that loved one around anymore or not being able to spend more time with them, that should ultimately turn turn into trust mm-hmm. in the process of lament because, you know, God, cho- you know, if God chooses to take somebody away, 
he was done with like their work was done here on earth. Like they had, he had something else for them. He left you here because he still has work for you to do. Yeah. And so trusting God with that process and trusting that God's plan for that person was completed. My -hmm. plan is not completed. I still have a job to do like that should fire us up to, to get busy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it should. And it's it's amazing how that seeing that lament process play out in the book of Philippians. We I mean, we didn't plan this, but seeing we are. <laughs> you can see that play out yeah. through Paul. I yeah. mean, he he's he's in a struggle. He's like, "Man, I want to leave. I want to, you know, take me out. Get me out of here. I'll go be with Christ." Yeah. But he also recognizes that that's not what God has for him. And so he says, "You know what? Okay, that's not where God has me. That's not where God's moving me. So I'm going to put my trust in him. I'm going to put everything in him. And we're going to do this to the to the glory of God. It's mm-hmm. not for Paul's glory. It's not for this church's glory. But his encouragement is so that the gospel of Christ will go forth. Yeah. And and that's been the the focus of this entire first chapter is the gospel of Christ. Yeah. And, and then in chapter two, we're going to turn to the person of Christ himself in chapter two. Yeah. Um, but but every day that we wake up with breath in our lungs, I said this just a minute ago, we should be focused on what God has for us that day. Mm-hmm. How can I glorify God through whatever it is that I'm doing? If you're going to a job, you do that job. If you're going to school, how can you glorify God in your school? If you're you know, whatever it is that you do, if you're off of work and you're just grocery shopping, how can you glorify God in your yeah. grocery shopping? Um, you know, so many times we get caught up in the the mundane details of getting from point A to point B and this finished and that finished and and we forget to interact with people on the way. Yep. You know, and 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 if we're not interacting with people, then we don't have that opportunity. And it, uh, here, don't hear me. This is not a you have to yell and scream at people about Jesus is coming back and you're all going to burn in hell if you don't uh, put your faith and trust in him. No, it's not about that. Sometimes it's just about smiling and being nice to that person on the other side of the cashier stand because maybe they're having a rotten day. Yeah. And you can smile at them and say, man, you look tired today and I hope your day gets better and I want you to know that God loves you and I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. And and it could be something as simple as that, five seconds. 10 seconds that it takes you to do something like that. But just being that light, because that's what Paul sees in this in this situation. He sees an opportunity to proclaim the gospel. He sees other people taking opportunities to proclaim the gospel. Regardless of their motives, they're doing it. They're proclaiming the gospel, and that's what Paul sees. Yeah. And ultimately, for Paul, it comes down to these two, narr- these two motives. Yeah. Right? He... He's looking at his life, and he's saying, I live on so that others may grow in Christ, and then I live on so that Christ may be glorified in me. Yeah. like like, And that is that is Paul's, like, you, like we've talked about, he is laser-focused on the gospel. He is laser-focused on glorifying Christ at every single turn, but he's also focused on, I mean, how many, he wrote so many letters to so many churches, and like... I know they're not in the Bible, but I'm imagine he wrote others to other. Like I'm oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure these are not the extensive writings of Paul. No. That's what I'm saying. He, in, he wrote in the four Bible. letters to the Corinthian church, and only right. two of them made it into scripture. Right. So, but like he, <laughs> but he's he is writing these letters to encourage other believers to continue, continue to run the race, to continue growing yeah. in their faith in Jesus, to keep doing what they're doing, or he's you know reprimanding them when they're not doing what they're <laughs> supposed to be doing, but. But Paul, but Paul's attitude on life is, I'm still alive. How can I help others be more like Jesus? Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's that should be our mentality too. Yes, it should. And it's hard, and we may not know entirely what to do every single day, but that's why we have to be in lockstep with the Spirit and with Jesus and be ready at all times to do whatever he's asking us to do. Hmm. Amen to that. That'll preach. Easy. <laughs> Man, 
Well, that's uh, that's almost getting us to the end of Philippians chapter one, and and it's encouraging, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope it's challenging. It's challenging for us. I know that. So I hope yep. it's challenging for you, um, because man, what what could the church accomplish if they were as laser focused on the gospel as Paul was? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, man, let me pray for us as we uh, we finish up this week, and uh, yeah, let's do this. God, we thank you for this time that we can come and we can discuss your word. Uh, we thank you for Paul's encouragement to the church in Philippians. We thank you for Paul's encouragement to us as Christians today. Uh, and God, I pray that as believers, we would continue to focus on your gospel and, the, and that we would see um, that our ultimate goal is to be with you. And yes, that is our ultimate goal. But right now in this time that you have given us, we should be fruitful laborers for the gospel of Jesus Christ going forward. And we should take every opportunity um, to to share your love, to show your mercy, and to proclaim the good news that Christ came and and died and was buried and rose again for the forgiveness of sins uh, of sinners like you and me. And so, God, I pray uh, this week as we go out into the world that we would carry that light, we would carry the gospel, and we would remain laser focused. That we can uh, teach people and we can change people, not through our own works, God, but through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that that lives would be changed and people would be reconciled back to God. And so do that, we ask this week, and in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Michael, if they want to get a hold of us on social media places, where would they do that? You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Beers and Bible Podcast. You can email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. And then you can also visit our website, Beers and Bible Podcast.com, and pick up some BB merch. Boom. So until next week. I hope your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open. And we will see you later. Peace out. Peace out.